Hi, this is Carl Palchuk, and this is another SMB Community Podcast. I'm joined today by my friend from about a third of the way around the world, Brooke Ferguson. Welcome. Hello, everyone. Thanks for having me, Carl. So we're recording this. It's 7 o'clock at night here. And what time is it tomorrow in Thailand? We're at 9.07 a.m. 9.07 a.m. All right. So I'm totally worn out, and she's like totally just ready to start her day. So, uh, so uh, Brooke is known as the business backpacker and she, uh, even though she has no Thai accent, is actually uh, been living in Thailand for 11 years, right? Yes. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got there? Well, my journey was very intentional. Um, I knew after visiting this country that I wanted to ultimately live here. Um, I had an amazing holiday experience here and spent a couple of weeks touring around Thailand. And to me, it really embodied everything that I wanted in my life. So the natural beauty, the independence, the free-spiritedness of this country, it's, it's never been colonized. So there is something very unique and special about Thailand in general. Um, and it's very open. So when I came here, uh, I came here to do, you know, the scuba diving and the rock climbing. These are interests of mine. But I left here knowing that I wanted to come back and live here one day. Um, fast forward a few years after I completed my MBA and started my own company, I realized that I had the technology. It was still developing because this is like, you know, nearly 12 years ago then. Right. To be able to work online, but it was going to be quite the experiment. <laughs> <laughs> but I was up for it. And I wanted to just see if I could fulfill my own objective of traveling the world and seeing more of you know the art museums and the cultures around the world that I wanted to see while I maintained my business consulting practice. And so you've been totally successful at that. So, um, and, and, and so tell us about the business. So what does the business backpacker do? So what I tend to attract are other people like me where they, they couldn't really fit into the American dream. They maybe didn't want to be tied to a particular location or tied down with a mortgage or, um, the, general keeping up with the Joneses type mentality that seems to exist in the U.S. in general was always very off-putting to me. I, I wanted to do something exciting in my life. I wanted to fulfill my own dreams. And I didn't really see that many people as role models really going and living their lives. So I decided to just make it up and do it myself. <laughs> Right, because if we don't see what we want, we have to make it ourselves. So I think a lot of the customers and clientele that I end up having are people that want to have a more interesting life, a more adventurous life, a more aligned life with their personal goals. And even though something like you know running a business and seeing the world seem like two ends of a very opposite spectrum, we now have, and especially you know. 11 years later, we have the technology that supports this type of lifestyle and really allows us to go for it and to go for our own dreams. 
see the world, run a business, do everything you want. I've now uh, opened a company here in Thailand and I have my business set up and structured because my, my plan is to retire here ultimately as well. <laughs> well you're a long ways from that. So, uh, so it strikes me from, you know, I'm, all my followers are uh, IT nerds, mostly, you know. Um, so it strikes me that you've never actually had a server in your business. No. Like, like it never occurred to you, oh, I should go all the way to Thailand and then buy a server and put all my data on that. So, no. so where does your data live? Like where does your company live? So I've been operating online since I left. Um, that was the goal was to be able to, even if somebody stole my phone or walked off with my laptop, that my business would not suffer for it. So I have, um, similar to you, set up everything in you know, cloud storage and I have my backups and everything happening automatically. And the, the base of my business is that it can run from anywhere. If I walk into an internet cafe versus like if I need to be at a home office, I can do everything that I need to do from anywhere. And I think it's an important point that if you are going to travel and have this kind of a lifestyle that you do need to think about the technology that's going to ultimately support it um, and do so in a way that you can avoid any kind of uh, pitfalls, right? So things happen when you travel. And of course I've had things happen as I've been traveling. But if you anticipate it, then you can get ahead of it. So you're planning for the idea that you can really work from anywhere. And it's absolutely possible. Even if you don't want to have your business on the road, you can run a business that works from anywhere. And so do you write anywhere or do you mostly write at home or, you know, I mean, on the beach, <laughs> right? I prefer uh, to do most of my work at home. Um, these days before when I was traveling a lot, um, I would just write when the inspiration struck. Nowadays, a lot of the writing that I'm doing is, uh, it's a bit more technical and getting into uh, more like one of the books that we're going to talk about today has a lot to do with quantum physics. So it's very research based. And as we kind of get into more complex issues for me, I need the environment to be more quiet. Right. So, all right, you've teased the book. So there you have a new book coming out yes. called The Levels. Yes. And just so folks know, we're going to put the link down below to the business backpacker. And uh, folks should go there. And is it uh, um, pretty straightforward? Get on your newsletter and then they'll get updates and so forth if they're interested. So if this is the kind of thing that you find interesting, uh, make sure you get on that news, uh, newsletter list. Um, so the levels is kind of fun for me because it's a, a little bit of the woo-woo, a little bit of, you know, meditation and spirituality. Right. Um, but as you say, mixed in with a little quantum physics, <laughs> right? And, uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of discussion about the energy of things, right? So uh, why don't you give your 30-second summary of the book? <laughs> What are the levels? I would start with what bothered me about information that I was receiving. So 
I've always been a reader. I study everything. I'm a science buff. I'm a business geek. I really love to find out the reason why. With all of the information that I had access to and every book that I dove into, I could never find out the reason why people were able to manifest. Now we hear about it in The Secret and we've watched all these movies about the power of our own intention and this and that, but no one ever really got into it beyond the fact that we should do it and that it happens. And I wanted to know more. I wanted to know the science of why. Why is this happening? How is this happening? How are we able to change our reality? How are we able to elevate our lives? How can we go against everything that everyone has ever taught us and make a new reality for our own lives? And then also to take that to the next level, be able to empower others and show them the way of doing it. So how much of this just boils down to you just have to believe that you can do it? For me, I need to know the science of something for me to believe it. So I like to not just know the surface. I want to know, you know, 10 steps behind that, what's really going on. And for me to really break it down and look at what's happening energetically on a atomic, subatomic level, understand the science behind it, and then see how these kind of esoteric ideas connect together. This for me was my missing link. And as I started to learn more about the way that energy really works, then I felt like I understood the workings of the universe. <laughs> really. Which is pretty cool, right? There's yeah, like absolutely. the big secret. So, so talk about these energy levels. Like where does, what's the, what's the base? Is the base zero, zero energy? Well, we can look at it from a, a few different perspectives, actually. But I think the, the very first place to begin is with the concept that everything is energy, right? So we look around us and we, th we see things as being solid, but there's actually something happening behind that. And then what's the next level behind that and behind that? So we tend as humans, especially to base our reality on what we can see. But what we really start to get into when you look into the, the physics of things, especially the quantum physics, is the atomic level and what's happening on a smaller scale, right? And physicists have learned for years that the, the smaller that you break things down, the more interesting they become. And when we can, really connect with that and get the idea that not everything that we see is what's happening, right? There's something a little bit more. And I think as most people get older and start to explore their own spirituality and their own um, kind of constructs that they grew up with, we can kind of begin to look at our own belief systems and these fundamental concepts that we learned as children and we were told, you know, you need to do your life needs to go in this type of progression and this is good and this is bad. I think at a certain age, we start to also really break that down in our heads. Like, is that what I want? 
is that really what I want in my life now? Do I, do I still believe that? Right? Well, it is, it's interesting because everybody goes through that teenager phase where you, you question everything, right. but then most people come around and believe what their parents believed. Mm, very true. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's kind of interesting. And, and, you know, I wonder how much of that just has to do with the society you grew up in, right? If you grew up in Thailand, it would be different than if you moved there as an adult, mm -hmm. right? Uh, you know, if you grew up in another country or moved to a different country, there's a different set of beliefs that you bump into there that yeah. you, you know, that I don't bump into, you don't bump into because you're, you're where you are and I am where I am. Um, I, I love when you discuss energy and how you bring energy to uh, a relationship, whether it's a business relationship or a personal relationship. And I love the concept that if you're the only one bringing the energy, <laughs> that's a real problem. And uh, so, so talk a bit about that. Sure. Yes. So most of us know the, uh, the laws of thermodynamics. We learned about this as we were younger. So there's three that were typically taught in school, but there was a fourth one that was discovered after those, and it's usually not taught, but it's considered to be the fundamental law of thermodynamics, and it's also called the zero-width law. So it's so fundamental that they went back and they made it not the <laughs> first one, but the zero-width one. And what this is, is it's an observation that we see all the time, but we generally don't take this observation and apply it to our lives. And this is something that I would like not only my own clients to do, but also everyone that I have contact with and can share this information with because it's so valuable and so important to affecting how we feel as individuals on a daily basis. So the, the gist of the law is that we create an equilibrium. So if you can imagine a triangle, right? If, if we have the top of the triangle is connected to a source or connected to energy. We've got another person out here and then another person out here. Now we're going to also connect with this other person. And we have, we feel these energy exchanges when we're talking to somebody and when we have coffee or lunch or we have a client meeting or whatever it is, we're, we're exchanging energy with other humans all day, right? Now, how we feel from that transaction is typically based on creating an equilibrium with them. So if I'm feeling good and you're feeling good and we sit down and we're both kind of energetically connected to source and feeling good about our own state and also encouraging each other and staying in a very positive space, we leave this dynamic still feeling good. But if another person is disconnected and not available or not feeling good, what happens is we're connected to the energy source, but we have to break that connection and focus on them. After that experience, because we are forced to create an equilibrium, right? That's basic science. We're going to find that balance with the other person, even if we don't want to. <laughs> we're going to feel energetically terrible, right? We go down and we've lost our connection and we feel like we need a nap. 
Now the other person, because they felt like they were vibing with us and we came in, you know, up here, they're going to feel a little bit better for the experience. And this is what we find so often in these relationships that we have in our lives where we can't seem to break free of them because they still feel good when they're around us, even though we might feel worse for it. So one of the things that I get into in the book is really being very aware of who is in our inner circle, who we're spending our time with and how we feel after these interactions. Because if I'm constantly around people where I'm feeling worse, I'm feeling worse, I'm feeling worse, and I'm not doing anything in my own life to reconnect me to source and start feeling good again, then I'm going to end up in an energy deficit. So that would be like coming down in levels, right? right? So do you think that we all have a natural level that we float to? So I might get depressed today and be frustrated, but I will float naturally up to my happy, friendly self tomorrow, uh, assuming I get enough rest. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is really an interesting question, Carl. I'm glad you asked that. So there's something with electrons that's called ground state. And this is the base level that electrons kind of tend to stay in their own orbit. Now, the interesting thing about electrons is they can become excited and they can raise their energy level. They can move up or they can lose that energy and they can also fall back down to their ground state. Now, one of the things that I talk about in the book, The Levels, is that not only can you go up one state, but you can actually jump multiple levels and get this higher energy level kind of surge, if you will. Mm -hmm. There's also really cool ways that you can learn to maintain higher states. But I think what the biggest difference is, is how intentional we are with how good we want to feel. So if I'm just going through my day and I'm, I'm just in a reactive state, let's say, you know, the house is a mess and the dog's barking and the kids are fighting and suddenly somebody comes to the door. It's a mailman. It's a package I ordered. I want what's in the package. (laughs) But because the state around me is in total chaos and entropy, by the time I arrive at the door, I'm I'm going there in a bad mood, right? I I don't want this person at the door, even though I want what's in the package. (laughs) Now, if we change the scenario and I've had a very nice restful day and things are calm and my house is clean and the dog is sleeping and somebody comes to the door, I'm excited. I want to know what's in this package. I'm happy to see the mailman. So normally what we tend to do if we're, if we're living in a place where we're not aware of our energy, we're reactive. We're just bouncing off of what's happening around us without much intention or really even uh, much awareness to the fact that we can control how good we feel on a regular basis. So what I would say is we can go through life having the same type of scenarios. The mailman's coming to the door either way, but how we anticipate that, how we react to it, what our experiences with it, changes based on our energy level. 
right? So how much can we control that intentionally? You know, because I think about like for me, uh, I love to meditate. And one of the reasons I do is because it allows me to sort of get used to the practice of seeing myself from the outside, looking yeah. down and seeing, right? So I can see, oh, I'm about to open the door and bite off the mailman's head, even though he's bringing me a nice package. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but I don't know that I can control it, right? After all these years, mm -hmm. if I start out my day in a bad mood, I really, sometimes I walk around thinking, I feel really sorry for the next person I deal with. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I try to be aware of it, but that doesn't necessarily mean I can control it. Well, actually you can. So okay. I'm going to give you some tips and some techniques of, of how to do this. Um, right. One you've mentioned already, which is the meditation. Um, the more time that we can spend in meditation, so sitting quietly, laying down, it doesn't have to be, you know, in your arm position and lotus flower on your perfect buckwheat pillow. Yeah, it can be in a hot tub, I, just for the record. Absolutely. <laughs> it can just be, you know, sitting here in Thailand with beautiful surroundings. So I think one of the things that I want to get people to understand is there is not a perfect way to meditate. Right? If, if we get that out of our heads and that we can actually do it anywhere we are. Um, I meditate quite often if I'm in a line, if I have a lot of people around me. I'm an introvert by nature. So anytime I'm surrounded by other people, I'm doing a mantra, I'm doing a meditation, <laughs> right? So as we start to slip, like we can feel our moods, right? So you know, at any point, if you're in a good mood or a bad mood, that's your indicator. As soon as you start to slip or you feel that kind of loss of control, what's happening is we're, we're then back on this pendulum of just reacting. Like we're pushing towards something and something is happening back. We're pushing towards it. If we can rise above that to the fulcrum or the still point, we're at a point of observation. As soon as we observe something, we have that, that distance to where right. we can be more rational. And so what's interesting is now we come full circle because that just sounds like it takes a lot of energy, right? And so it's, it's sort of like, how do you get in the habit so that it becomes a natural piece of your reaction to be observant of yourself rather than have, forcing it to take a bunch of energy for you to say, oh, wait, I have to step back and, and look at this situation as if I'm an outsider. So does it take energy to do nothing? Well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> does it take more energy to shout at the mailman or to say nothing to the mailman? Well, it does take more energy to shout at the mailman. Okay, so, so let's start there. So <laughs> if we think, okay, we're in a bad mood, the next step, we realize it. So the next step after that is that you can actually start to do nothing. If we're in a place of doing nothing, we can be more in a place of observation because doing nothing is better than reacting. Right? Oh, that's a good point. Okay. So if we're at the still point, then we can have a better view of what's going on. The longer that we stay in that still point, the more awareness we can gather. It's not taking any more energy but it's allowing us 
to step back, gather our thoughts, let the situation calm down. Because quite often, if we don't like a situation, what do we do? We try to change it, right? But just the sheer fact of our own involvement is keeping us on that pendulum swinging faster back and forth and not getting what we want. So right. the more intentional that we can be about what is our mood? Are we feeling good? If we're not feeling good, okay, stop. Just stop. Get yourself out of the situation. Stop talking. If it's an argument, if you, you know, you find yourself, if you're starting to escalate, I need a few minutes. Okay. Nobody's going to argue with a person who's angry and asks for a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, you stay here and fight. <laughs> <laughs> right? You yell at so me. <laughs> other people want to find the balance. They want to find equilibrium. They want to feel good. Everybody wants to feel good. Right. So noticing the moment when you're not feeling good and then intentionally doing something about it. So, and that's, you know, it's also related to, in terms of energy levels, mm -hmm. surrounding yourself with people who have the kind of energy you want, not just the level, but the kind of energy, because you can be at a high energy level in a very negative way or in a very positive way, right? So there's, uh, sure. and I think a lot of people spend too much time reacting to the world around them instead of deciding like, yeah, this is how I want my life to be. Now, let me go find a bunch of people who agree with that. <laughs> Absolutely. So I, I want to give an example here that I think is really useful. So Thailand is a Buddhist country and I've been studying Buddhism for, gosh, over 20 years. And the thing that I didn't understand when I was reading about Buddhism versus living in a Buddhist country is this. So in Thailand, almost, almost everybody drives motorbikes here. It's, it's like you do have cars, of course, but it's a more affordable option. The weather's great. It's fun. So most people ride on bikes. Now, the roads here, depending on where you are, are pretty bad, especially if you're on a bike. So you're on a bike, and there's gravel, and there's maybe not a stoplight, and there's weird turns. You can drive here into traffic on the opposite lane, you can do kind of whatever you want to do, you're allowed to do here. And people do it. And so what happens is there's a lot of um, close calls for accidents. Now, what happens in the United States if somebody almost has an accident? You honk at them. <laughs> and how's your feeling towards that person? Oh, well, you, you have to call them an idiot and right. you know, right? Yell and scream, whatever. Right. Exactly. You put a lot of energy into making sure they know that you know that they're an idiot. <laughs> and you're angry and you lose your feeling good and you stop singing your favorite song or whatever it was. <laughs> in Thailand, you can come in a near head-on collision and the first reaction that everyone has here is to laugh. <laughs> you have a laugh. Yes. So it's like, I get to be alive for two more minutes. Yeah, it didn't happen. That's funny, right? Like, I'm still alive, and I didn't hit you, and you're not hurt, and I recognize that here you are. You appeared in front of me now, right? It's funny. It's like a joke that we're both in on. So you, you make eye contact with the person. You have a laugh, and then you go around them. And I love this because it's exactly what we need to do in our own lives. 
We come up, we almost have a crash, we realize it, we laugh about it, and then we go on with what we were doing and how we were feeling before it happened. And it doesn't ruin your day. You don't even think about it later. And if you do, you laugh because that was experience, right? Yep. So believe it or not, we are out of time. So uh, we encourage people to go to the Business Backpacker. You've got a blog, so uh, people should be reading that blog. There's a lot of uh, good stuff there, so they can go back and, and look at that. You have other things that you've produced as well. So why don't you right. give us just a, a super quick commercial for your other uh, classes and materials? Sure, it's easy. It's just one word, alignment. People are at their best if they're in alignment with themselves, with their purpose, what they're meant to be doing, their business, and how they help others in the world. So my uh, superhero power, if I were to have one, is to be able to quickly see what that is for people and help my clients find it so that then their success can match their intentions. Very good. Thank you for being with us. And we encourage everybody to join us next time on the SMB Community Podcast. Thanks so much. Bye.